thanks for tuning in. I'm Renee. And I'm Shelby. And you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. What satanic cults, mutants, and giant pythons all have in common? What? Well, they all reside in Helltown, Ohio, of course. It's an entire town abandoned, cursed, and chock full of spooky shit, which is right up my alley. Actually, my friend Zach recommended this episode. I honestly had no idea that the town existed until he said something, and I looked it up, and boy, let me tell you, this town is full of fuckery. With that being said, I haven't been to Helltown, Ohio myself. However, I've done a pretty decent amount of research to bring you this episode today, and I would sure hope so, because could you imagine... If I didn't. (laughs) We're talking about a town I've never been to. (laughs) Like, the episode would be over by now. (laughs) It'd be done. I heard of it. My friend Zach told me about it. So, like, that's it. (laughs) So, yeah, they got some, uh, they got mutants. They got, uh, some ghosties. They got, uh, giant pythons. You know? It's crazy, man. So, catch you next week on the Creepy (laughs) Burrito. Anyway, let's get down to brass tacks here. Mm. So, Helltown, Ohio, believe it or not, is actually not the name of the town. Oh, but so it's, it's an elusive name? <laughs> it's only the nickname of the town. The town is really called Boston, Ohio, and it's located in Summit County, which is, ironically enough, just 30 minutes south of Cleveland, Ohio, what we just covered a couple episodes ago. Now, Boston was founded in 1806 and stands the oldest village in Summit County. The first mill constructed there was in 1820, and the town pretty much flourished after that, growing both economically and in population. But sometime in the mid-70s, the government literally bought out all of its residents' homes, businesses, and their land. And by bought out, I mean they were forced to leave their homes. Oh, like Centralia. Uh That's cute. Once the government bought someone's property, it was quickly boarded up and then covered with U.S.-issued no trespassing signs. Some houses stayed that way. Others were demolished, while some were used as practice for new firefighters, and they were set on fire. Oh, that's that's common around a lot of places, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the town was essentially, it was, it was destroyed. It was yeah, empty, yeah. a ghost town. Now, of course, when the government kicks people out of their homes extremely abruptly, might I add, it tends to get people talking. What would want to make them clear the land so quickly? Well, it turns out that the government also purchased a nearby landfill called the Krejci Dump, which consisted of 47 acres of land and had a nasty chemical spill on it. People say that it was a government cover-up to hide the fact that they spilled the deadly chemicals. And then they tried to get everyone out as quickly as they could, but unfortunately, it was too late. The chemicals caused bizarre mutations to the residents, made them crazy and murderous. 
and Susie down the street had five arms coming from her head. The government evacuated all that they could, and those they could not were burned alive in their houses or boarded up inside to starve. Wait, what? Yeah. Can you um? Can you run that by me one more time? You boarded them up, killed them. Oh, okay. killed the mutants. I was I was not ready. <laughs> I was very unprepared for that. But some of the mutants made it out of life. They escaped and took refuge in the woods, where they are still rumored to live today. If you wish to visit Helltown, Ohio, people warn you to do so in the day because it's too dangerous to go out at night. You may unwillingly come in contact with one of the mutants or be hunted by them, and you may not make it out alive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a rough life. Uh, mm-hmm. People trying to fucking kill you off for mm. being a mutant when they did it to you. That's the worst. I don't blame them. And that's not all. A resident's python snake was left behind and was also mutated by these dangerous chemicals, causing the snake to grow monstrous in size. And the python is said to roam around the banks of the Cuyahoga River, but will occasionally come back in the city to hunt. Yet another reason to stay clear from the town at night, because if the mutants don't get you first, the python will. Man, I'm just getting... Uh, the, do you remember the movie Anaconda? Yeah. One of the most With iconic... In the fur Lopez. <laughs> but yeah, getting Anaconda fucking flashbacks, man. Fucking love Anaconda. Yeah, How did they know it's not crazy. just like a fucking Anaconda? Did anyone check out this snake? I'm worried. Well, considering that Anacondas aren't really too... Uh... That's what I mean. Like, what if someone uh, brought in illegal animals? If uh, the Tiger King can do it, so can others. So can Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) So can Jennifer (laughs) Lopez and Ice Cube. They're the perfect team for exotic animals. And what kind of a place would Helltown, Ohio be if there wasn't a dash of satanic cults? Now, there are a few stories about satanic cults being in the area, but most seem to be centered around a mysterious church. This church is rumored to be the home base of satanic rituals. You know, animal sacrifices, human sacrifices, the huge. This church, which is called Mother of Sorrows, is covered in upside-down crosses, is never open for mass, no matter what time you go there. There are reports of candles burning in the church, even at night, and there have been sightings of an evil man who lives in the basement and guards the church from curious outsiders. If you knock on the door, and by chance he answers, he'll refuse to let you in while hiding his face, either under a hood or behind the door. But this isn't the only place that you can see the satanic cult at work. There are multiple roads in that area that supposedly these satanic cult members put road closure signs out in hopes to keep people away from their secret hideouts. But if you ignore those signs and keep going, you're fair game to end up in a human sacrifice. Or, if you're lucky, you might just get robbed. Rumor has it that they will surround you and form a human chain to trap you there until they can subdue you. And that's not the only place you'll see them hanging out either. They also take up residence in the local abandoned funeral home. Reportedly, candles can be seen at night through the funeral home's windows. And if you get too close, the satanic cult members standing guard will chase you away. Now, I know what you might be thinking. With all this satanic cult shit going on, there has to be some other worldly paranormal razzmatazz going on as well. 
Well, my fellow listeners, you are correct. Mm -hmm. In fact, connected to this abandoned funeral home that these satanic rituals take place in is an abandoned cemetery. Well, I guess it's not abandoned because the the dead are still there, but it's occupied. Yeah, occupado. (laughs) But there have been reports of a ghostly apparition that haunts the graveyard terrorizing those brave enough to enter. He appears sitting on a bench, staring blankly into space, as if he's deep in thought. Could he be mourning the loss of a loved one? Or could he be contemplating the bad decisions he made in his lifetime? Whatever has him lost in thought, he sure doesn't want it to be disturbed. For if you get too close to him, he will suddenly get up and chase after you, forcing you to run out of the graveyard, only for you to turn around and he's gone. And that's not the only supernatural thing going on in the graveyard. Apparently, the trees in the cemetery move. There have been claims that members of said satanic cult caused the trees to move in order to protect the cult's secrets, and other claims say that the cemetery is a portal. If you enter at the perfect time of day, you'll enter through the portal and become lost into another dimensional world. Trees will move, you'll pass the same headstone over and over again, seemingly to walk in circles forever. Anytime you enter the cemetery, there's a chance you might not come back out. Another supernatural occurrence in the cemetery is the sighting of children's spirits. Mm -mm -mm. You may hear them laughing, or playing, or even see them. If you walk along the cemetery, you'll even come across multiple graves of children. But why? Mm, Shelby does not. Shelby does not like creepy children. This leads me to our next blood-curling legend. Mm -mm. And it takes place prior to the government forcing the residents out of the town. One chilly fall day... A school bus was driving along its route through town, taking the group of kids home from school. Driving past a cornfield, a man flagged down the bus, seeming to be injured. Once the bus driver stopped to let the man in, it was quickly apparent that the man was insane. Turns out, he was an escaped mental patient who was highly dangerous. The man somehow hijacked the bus by forcing the driver out. The events after that are unclear, but he left with the kids and when the bus was later found in the woods, all the kids were brutally slaughtered. Oh no. In an attempt to clean the bus, the townspeople removed the seats. However, the sheer sight of the bus was too much to take, so they made multiple attempts to have it towed. However, each time they tried, some mishap occurred, and it often resulted in injury or death. So they deemed the bus cursed and left it to rot in the field where they found it. Now, rumor has it, if you go up to the bus and peek in the windows, sometimes you'll see the ghost of the murdered children. Other times, you will see the murderer himself in the back of the bus, the only reflection being his eyes and a lit cigarette. Other times, people see nothing, only hear the children's laughter quickly turn into screams from inside the bus. Oh, that's fucking depressing, man. And that's not the only murderous story in this town. Not too far away from the cemetery is a slaughterhouse that had more than just animals pass through it. Allegedly, people who owned the building 
used it to carry out their ghastly deeds of killing and chopping people up. If you happen to come across the slaughterhouse and dare to peek through the window, you might see one of the victims looking back at you. And speaking of killers, there is a strip of road called Highway to Hell. Locals warn outsiders to stay away from this road. Rumors say a murderous man with an ax stalked the roads at night looking for his next victim. Could this be the same lunatic who murdered all of those children on the school bus? And, of course, that's not the only funky thing going on with the roads in Helltown. A little further after the stretch of road that they call Highway to Hell is a steep, winding road that people call the End of the World. Now, this road seems to have quite a mind of its own, as it actually possesses people. Many, many fatal car crashes have taken place on this road. If you are brave enough to travel down the road, you might experience your car suddenly accelerate, your brakes giving out. No matter which direction you jerk the wheel, your car will continue straight until you reach the top of the hill, flying off the embankment and soaring to the ground. And if that wasn't enough, the town also has a bridge called Crybaby Bridge. It's said that if you go to the bridge at night, you can hear children, or more specifically babies, crying in the distance. What's even more strange is the legend says that if you park on the bridge, turn your car off, and lock the doors and walk away, with the keys sitting inside, when you come back, the car will be covered with dust, with little footprints all over it, and the car will be running, the keys in the ignition, but still locked. But don't hang around on the streets too long. You might think you're safe being the only one in this town until you see in the distance one single headlight getting closer and closer, speeding up, coming right towards you. Legend has it, there's a ghostly man who protects the town, driving the roads in his hearse, ready to chase out any outsiders. If you somehow make it past this hearse and attempt to follow it, it will be to no avail as the hearse will eventually disappear in front of your eyes. No one knows where this man comes from, but he is determined to keep people out. So boy, let me tell you, this town is not lacking in the urban legend department at all. It's pretty hard to believe that one small town has so much going on. So, as per usual, I did my own little sleuthing around the internet and came to the conclusion that all of this is 100% authentic, grade-A bullshit. Now, you'll see a lot of uh, paranormal investigators, and if this was a YouTube video, you would see my air quotations mm. around that, because the only people who go to Helltown, Ohio, are pretty much amateur ghost chasers, is what I like to call them. But I'm not saying that all this negative energy going into this town hasn't manifested something there, but as for the urban legends, bullshit. Bullshit. So let's start off with the church, all right? So first and foremost, it's not owned by Satanists. And even if it was, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Satanists are very, very misunderstood. And thanks to Hollywood portrayals and the whole satanic panic craze, people think that all they do is worship the devil, slaughter animals, kill people. It's not the case. All Satanism is, is a philosophical belief based around the biblical character of Satan. 
Now, that's not saying that some people who call themselves Satanists do batshit crazy things that give the religion a bad name. Looking at uh, Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. But the same goes for some people who call themselves Christian and they do batshit crazy things in the name of God. We might do an episode on Satanism, actually. If not Satanism, definitely Anton LaVey. But anyway, long story short, the church wasn't owned by Satanists. However, the church does in fact bear some upside-down crosses, but it's not covered. The upside-down crosses on the church are actually just a feature of the Gothic Revival architecture, which is pretty popular for the time that the church was built. And the legend about seeing lit candles inside of the church at night might actually be true. Many churches allow members to light their candles in memory of departed loved ones, and the candles are often permitted to continue burning even after the ceremony. And the evil man who lurks in the basement was probably just an employee of the church who I don't blame for being pissy. You know, I would be too if I had a bunch of randos staring in windows at me and knocking on my church. My, my church? My church? My church. As for the cemetery, I mean, it's a cemetery. There's not much to say about it. I'm sure that if some amateur ghost chasers went there, they might catch something on camera or EVP, as you would in any graveyard. Interestingly enough, the cemetery doesn't have a bench for said ghostly apparition man to sit on. Hmm. So, debunked. Debunked. No bench. <laughs> no you bench. You can't sit anywhere. This ghost can't Unless sit anywhere. Unless it's a ghost bench. Revenge of the ghost bench. <laughs> Check out my movie. I'm working on it. Coming at you, 2021. <laughs> ghost bench. Anyway, it's uh, physically impossible for trees to move, and I'm just leaving it at that. I won't even entertain that legend any what further. What do you mean? Wizard of Oz, the trees, uh, they moved. Yeah, yeah, of course. And just like any other cemetery, there are some children's graves, but not a copious amount of children's graves from a school bus slaughter. Speaking of, there was in fact a bus in Helltown, Ohio, and you used to be able to see it before it was finally removed, and it did have all the seats removed. But the real reason is much less sinister. Prior to the government buyout of the town, there was a family who bought a fixer-upper house, and it was in dire need of repairs before the family moved in. The family needed a temporary place to stay, so the family either had the bus or purchased an old school bus to live in for the time being, and for ample living space, they decided to remove all the seats. After the government bought the property, the family had no use for the old school bus and just left it behind. This is the same reason why you see a lot of abandoned cars and farm equipment around the city. The bus has since been towed, so if you do go to Helltown, Ohio, please don't go searching for a bus that's not there. Also, too, I wanted to mention real quick that all Ohio cemeteries close at dusk. So if you do decide to visit Helltown, Ohio, and you are inside the cemetery after dark, you are technically trespassing. And due to many complaints about people vandalizing the cemeteries, it's patrolled on a pretty constant basis and actually has floodlights installed. So there's like literally no hiding. And the same goes for the rest of the town too. So please be smart and don't get arrested. Yeah, anytime you go anywhere abandoned, be respectful. Or do you go to uh, these creepy locations that everyone goes to? You know, just don't be an ass, be better. Love Shelby and the creepy burrito. 
The building that most people refer to as the slaughterhouse was literally just an old duplex house. The town was a mill town. They had no slaughterhouse. Over time, it only gained the reputation of the building being a slaughterhouse to add more lore to the town. Now, it is true that there are road close signs up, but it's not because the Satanists are trying to keep people out. It's because the roads are quite literally closed. <laughs> like, over time, the roads went into such poor conditions since they weren't being maintained that they were pretty unsafe to drive. There have never been reports of people being robbed by a crazy man with an axe waiting to kill people actually happening on this road. However, the road does lead to what people call the end of the world, but I'm pretty sure the road doesn't possess you, which is flat out dangerous. The end of the world is called the Stanford Road, and it's a very steep, very windy road, and at the top of the hill, there is a sudden drop to the other side, while the actual road curves to the left. So it's extremely possible that someone who wasn't familiar with the road could zoom up there without realizing the road curved at the top very abruptly and find themselves involved in an accident. And it is true that there have been many accidents on that road and a few fatalities, but the likeliness of it being caused by paranormal activity is slim to none. Most likely just caused by reckless drivers. And speaking of reckless drivers, I think that locking your keys in your car and walking away is pretty reckless. <laughs> like you better you better be bringing yourself a spare set of keys or hope your ass got triple A. Yeah. Cause how you gonna get back in? Like, your girl only got one fob for her car, because that's all the dealership had, and, and to go get one programmed is expensive as hell. So I treat that thing like the Holy Grail. Mm. So don't be locking your keys in your car. Adulting 101. <laughs> Love Renee and the creepy burrito. <laughs> Love Renee and the creepy burrito. So, uh, leads me to Crybaby Bridge. If you take a dart and throw it at a map of the United States... Oh, yeah. Chances are you're gonna land on a spot that has their own crybaby bridge. There are crybaby bridges found throughout the U.S., so Helltown, Ohio is not special for having one. Now, if you watch a few of these debunking videos, I don't really know the science behind it, but when it gets colder out, like at night, and your car is warm from driving, sometimes it creates condensation or a mist over the car and whether you can see them or not but your car is covered with fingerprints and when this mist or condensation appears on the car sometimes the oil left in the fingerprint residue will keep the condensation from appearing on that particular spot making it seem as if while you walked away someone was getting handsy with your car same thing goes for the dust. If dust settles on your car, you'll be able to see the fingerprints that were left. And as for the car suddenly turning on and the keys being in the ignition, I have no debunk for that because I can't believe that actually even happens, honestly. And as far as baby cry noises on the bridge, eh, it could happen, I guess. But do you know how many animals there are that actually sound like babies. Like, for instance, bobcats, which, by the way, are native to Ohio, literally sound like a baby crying, or sometimes a woman in distress. Like, after you're done listening to this, look up 
a video on YouTube of, of a bobcat's call, they sound like babies and or women. Could that be what people are hearing? I don't know, but most likely, yeah. <laughs> uh, there is one legend that does hold some truth to it though, and it's the legend about the hearse. Now, no one has ever been chased off the road or ran off the road by one, at least in Helltown, Ohio, but back before the town was forced out by the government, there was a family who owned a hearse and drove around in it, but only really during Halloween, which is fucking badass, by the way. Yeah. And I'm pretty positive that's just how the legend started and just went from there. I would love to just drive my family oh, yeah. around in a hearse. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That'd be hilarious. I would drive that every day, not even just around Halloween time. Also, I'd be think rolling. Of, think of the trunk space you got. <gasps> Shopping for days. <laughs> and now on to my favorite, the government conspiracy cover-up. Now, it was kind of government conspiracy-ish, but nothing super juicy. So basically, in the late 1960s, there was a nationwide movement that expressed concern over the deconstruction of our forests. And while everything was in full swing, President Ford signed a legislation in 74 that allowed the National Park Service to buy different areas and turn them into national parks. Which is super cool because then no one can destroy the land and it's protected. And while the bill may have had some good intentions behind it, it was the beginning of the end for some, most specifically Helltown, Ohio because this bill also gave the government the jurisdiction to claim eminent domain and take possession of the land, the houses, and the businesses on it right from under the current owners in order to clear the way for the national park. Residents had to leave immediately, leading to many angry citizens and one person even spraying graffiti that read, now we know how the Indians felt. Which you don't, but okay. Yeah, that's a little bit that's a little bit of an extra step, buddy. That's a little bit over the line. Dramatic. Here's the line and then you crossed it. However, the government began buying the properties much quicker than they could demolish them, and the government being, you know, the government, never got around to doing anything that they planned on doing, so rows upon rows of abandoned houses were left plastered with those U.S.-issued no-trespassing signs, while some were, in fact, burned during practice for local fire department trainings. Now, along with the entire city, the government did also purchase the Krejci dump, which allegedly did have some improperly disposed of chemicals on it, but no crazy chemical spill that mutated people. There were some rashes reported, but no reported mutations like extra heads or six arms or the insatiable love for the flesh. <laughs> and speaking of insatiable love for flesh, mm, is it cannibalism? There is one more legend. I'm so hungry for it. <laughs> and I purposely saved this one for last because it's my favorite. Now, this entire episode, I basically debunked all of these legends, or called bullshit on them, I guess you could say. But this one, I fucking love, and I am all about it. And the origin of this legend is so old that it predates the town itself. Deep in the woods of Helltown, Ohio, lives a creature. Its blood, ice cold. Its skin, tauntly stretched upon its fathom body constantly hunting, for all it knows is hunger. It is the Wendigo. Mm. Mm. 
Now, I'm not gonna go too far into the legend of the Wendigo, because that in itself is going to be a whole entire other episode, which I cannot wait until we cover. But basically, a Wendigo is a supernatural being stemming from the folklore of the First Nations Algonquin tribes. Wendigos are described as powerful monsters, about 15 feet tall, with humanoid characteristics. It's bones pushed out against its tight, ash-gray skin, eyes pushed deep back into its sockets, and tattered and bloody lips with a taste for human flesh. In some legends, a Wendigo is a spirit who's possessed a human being and made them become monstrous, influencing acts of murder, greed, and cannibalism. Either way, this creature has long been known among the Algonquin tribes, among which are the Lenape. During the 18th century, most Lenape were pushed out of their homelands by the expanding European colonies into what we know today as Ohio. Now it's during this time that the displaced Lenape people settled in Helltown. According to Lenape legend, the village was originally called Cleartown after the clear waters that ran through the nearby woodlands. A large population of settlers in the area were German and spoke as such, and eventually the Lenape people learned that the German word for clear was hell, thus they renamed the village Helltown. Now, tensions came to an all-time high during the Revolutionary War. The Lenape villages sat between opposing sides. The rebel American colonists outpost in Fort Pitt, which was Pittsburgh, PA, mm-hmm. and the British in Fort Detroit, Michigan. Some Lenape decided to take arms against the Americans and move northwest, closer to Fort Detroit, while those Lenape sympathetic to the Americans remained. There was a subtribe of the Lenape who had been converted to Christianity by some missionaries. In September of 1781, British allied Lenape actually forced these now Christian Native Americans to leave their villages and took them northwest towards Lake Erie into a new village called Captive Town. The rations were very scarce in Captive Town, so in February of 1782, over a hundred hungry Christian Lenape people traveled back to their villages to collect their stored food that they had been forced to leave behind. After arriving, the Lenape were surprised by a raiding party of 160 Pennsylvanian militia who rounded up the Christian Lenape and accused them of taking part in the raids into Pennsylvania. Although the Lenape deny these charges, the militia still held a council and voted to kill them. After the Lenape were told of the Americans' militia's vote, they requested time to prepare for their death and spent the night praying and singing. On the morning of March 8, 1782, the militia tied up the Christian Lenape, stunned them with mallet blows to the head, and fatally scalped them while they were still alive. <gasps> oh. When all was said and done, 28 men, 29 women, and 39 children were murdered and scalped. The militia then piled the bodies and burned the village down. This is what we refer to today as the Nadenhuten Massacre. The what, Newton? The Nadenhuten. The British allied Lenapes obviously sought revenge for the Nadenhuten Massacre, 
capturing and killing Americans in retaliation. Helltown was located along the war trail used by the Lenape for these retaliations, but the town was eventually abandoned due to all the violence and was until Boston, Ohio was found in 1806. Now, it's hard to say if the spirit of the Wendigo possessed these Americans to kill the Christian Lenape tribe, or if it was just pure savagery. We would at least like to think it was a Wendigo, so that way we wouldn't have to admit such a brutal crime against this innocent tribe was committed for no reason. But unfortunately, this is a reoccurring pattern within our country. In fact, President Theodore Roosevelt called the atrocity a stain on frontier character that the lapse of time cannot wash away. And he was absolutely correct. Wendigo or not, there is some hardcore negative energy in that area and that Teddy Roosevelt said himself, time can't erase. And not only is there all that negative energy there, but the entire place is basically a Native American burial ground. In fact, Lenape graves still existed in Helltown, Ohio back in 1881, but local farmers plowed over them, destroying them entirely. The amount of disrespect and inhumanity that happened there has no doubt imprinted itself on the land and it's entirely possible that it's manifested itself into something demonic. The energy of all the brutality taking form in what the Lenape considered the ultimate evil, the Wendigo. So yeah, maybe there's no mutant people or giant pythons or satanic cults, maybe not even a Wendigo, but whatever it is, Maybe it's not necessarily there to bring harm to the land or terrorize people for fun, but maybe it's there to protect the land that rightfully belonged to the Lenape. You have to admit that it is poetic justice that the land once taken from the Native Americans was then taken away from the people who inhabited their land. And it's even possible that some of the residents who were evacuated were direct ancestors of the settlers who built that town. Could it be possible that the spirit manifestation of all the wronged Lenape people finally took back their land? Well, I hope so. <laughs> Whatever your theory may be, everyone can pretty much agree on one thing. There is an eerie feeling throughout Helltown, Ohio, and you can experience it yourself if you're brave enough. Please take note, though. As of 2016, all of the buildings in Helltown, Ohio have been demolished. There's no more slaughterhouse, there's no more abandoned school bus, or any homes. The only things that remain are the churches and the graveyard. There has been a lot of trespassing and vandalizing over the years in this town due to these urban legends being spread, especially over the internet. Everyone loves a good ghost story, but if you do decide to visit Helltown, Ohio, please, again, treat the land with respect. Besides, you never know what's in the woods waiting for you. Yeah, if not, the Wendigo will get you. It'll go get you. <laughs> it dunt it. It'll dunt you. <laughs> It'll dunt it. That's it? That's it. That's all she wrote for that one. <laughs> Literally, that is all I wrote. But I thought it was uh, pretty interesting when I came across the Wendigo. I do like that. I, I like think that whole theory. I, I like the... Uh, I don't like the history, but I do... Yeah. Appreciate I my, appreciate my, depth, your, my depth. Your research my that you sleuthing. put into that. I that was a nice sleuth. My burrito sleuthing. It was a, a it was a burrito. hefty burrito. It was beefy. It was I, meaty. It was saucy. I I'm fucking loved it. XL burrito. Oh yes. 
you got to eat me with a fork. <laughs> it's just a bullet. Or a point. two-hander. <laughs> Ooh. One hand grasping the butt of the burrito. <laughs> so This is so graphic burrito eating. <laughs> so step one, grab the burrito by the butt. You must support the bottom. <laughs> and then you got to grab it by the midsection. Whole top is for that first. Right. Easy. Well, you got to support the wrap. The wrap. Support the bottom. Support the wrap so the tortilla is not all flopping around. Next episode on the creepy burrito, how to eat a fucking burrito that's too big for your mouth. Love the creepy burrito. And on that note, uh, bye-bye, This entire time when I was doing this research and writing Helltown over and over again, the only thing I could think of was Ghost Adventures, where he's like, you've reached your final destination, Helltown. Helltown. <laughs>